When is the last time you acknowledged that you were desperate for God? When is the last time you came to Him pouring out your heart, longing for His presence and grace and power to obey Him? In this message from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, David Platt exhorts us to not hold back in our pursuit of God and in our desire to bring glory to Him. As the bride of Christ, the church should not want to hold back in becoming all that God intends for us. This message is drawn from themes from David's new book, Don't Hold Back, Leaving Behind the American Gospel to Follow Jesus Fully. This is the Radical with David Platt podcast. Here is David with a message titled, Don't Hold Back, Part One. It's kind of an awkward video to watch. <laughs> so, and the first time I saw that was right before the nine o'clock gathering, and so that's the second time. I, I would just say I'm so thankful for the support of our elders in my own life in so many different ways, and this is just one of them. Uh, and I do, I hope this book will be a blessing to you, especially because this book is in so many ways the overflow of God's grace in you. Like every other book I've written, it's born out of conviction of my own heart and the church family that I'm a part of. This book contains so much of what God has done in my heart through you and alongside you over the last few years. I hope in a way that will be a blessing to the broader church. And I do, I ask you to join me in praying for that, that God would use this as an instrument in his hand to build up, encourage, strengthen his church and ultimately glorify his name. And I appreciate our leaders encouraging me to take, so this week and next, the book actually comes out uh, Tuesday of this week. So uh, the publisher graciously made some copies available at some of our locations today um, a little early. But our leaders encouraged me to take this week and next week to hit on some themes in the book, obviously to the extent that they reflect what's in God's word. And... I'm going to try to work in some of those themes, but there's something a lot bigger that's on my heart today than this book. So let me set the stage for where we're going. A few minutes from now, I'm going to invite you all across this room and at our different locations. And for those of you who are not able to be with us physically or online, I'm going to invite us across this gathering to seek God and call out in desperation for him. So there's not a person in this gathering right now who doesn't need to seek God today. Some of you need to seek God for salvation in your life. Some of you need to seek God through honest confession of sin. Some of you need to seek God for specific help in your life. Some of you need guidance right now. Some of you need healing. To seek God for healing physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I am confident that every single person within the sound of my voice desperately needs to seek God today. 
but not all of you will choose to do so. So a few minutes from now, this room and other locations and online will divide into two groups, participants and observers. So some of you will choose to participate, to seek God, to call out to him and worship and praise in confession and repentance and intercession, crying out for his help in your life. Some of you, a few minutes from now, are going to seek God seriously and passionately and humbly and joyfully and desperately. Others of you will choose to observe. You'll watch others seek God, but you will not seek God yourself for any number of reasons. Some of you will be afraid of what others might think of you if you start crying out to God. If you do what his spirit is leading you to do in that moment. Some of you will be afraid of what might happen in your life if you truly seek God. Some of you will say to yourself, maybe I'll seek God later. Just not ready right now. I could go on and on, but for a variety of reasons, some of you will choose to observe rather than participate. And I share all of this from the start because I really want to invite you to participate in whatever way the Spirit of God leads you to participate. I'm not sure if you have seen what took place in Wilmore, Kentucky over the last few weeks at a small school called Asbury University. They had a chapel service. It's a Christian university, specifically Methodist, three Wednesdays ago. It ended, and most students scattered to go to class, except for a small number that stayed in the room as God's Spirit led them to seek God through prayer and worship and confession of sin. Before long, others were coming back to join them, and spontaneous student-led prayer and worship and confession of sin began to spread, and it didn't stop for hours into the night, into the next day, and the next, and the next. It didn't stop, and people started hearing about it all over the country and beyond the country. And this small town had tens of thousands of people coming to see and be a part of what God's Spirit was doing. Do you know why? Because we want to be a part of something that's bigger than us. We want to be a part of something that can't be explained by us or manufactured by us. It can only be explained and manufactured by God. Amen. We want to be a part of something supernatural. People were driving hours to Asbury to taste and see a movement of God. And I have good news for us today in this gathering. We don't have to drive to Asbury. God is here. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God is right here, right now in this gathering. And we can seek him here. We can experience him today. 
And I think we forget this. I forget this. I, we can get used to going through the motions on a Sunday, come here, sing a few songs, listen to a sermon, another song. That was church. But we are not here to go through motions. We are here to meet with God, to encounter God. We're here to experience the supernatural. Or are we? Or are we afraid of what might happen in our lives if we went beyond the motions? It only gets better. Amen. That's, that's the question that I want to pose even from the start. Are we here just to do church motions and keep our lives the same? Or are we here to meet with God, to seek God, to experience his supernatural Holy Spirit among us and let him turn our lives upside down however he wants? I found myself praying a lot over the last few weeks for a fresh outpouring of God's spirit in our church and in our city and in our country. We need God. I want to see more of God. I want to know more of God and all of his glory. I want to experience more of God. And I want that for you. I want that for us, for you, for us together to see and know and feel and experience more of the power of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and the glory of God and all of his attributes. So that's why I want to call us to seek him today and let him lead us as we do. That's where all of this is going. As I was praying about how God's word leads us to seek him, my mind immediately went to a passage that actually contains the title of this book. So look at it with me, Isaiah chapter 54. If you have a Bible, hope you or somebody around you does that you can look on with. Isaiah, feel free to use table of contents if you need to. Isaiah chapter 54. Let's let God's word lead us by the power of his spirit. We'll start in verse 1. And just to make sure you have the context, Isaiah 53, right before this chapter, is a prophecy specifically about how Jesus will come and die for our sins. So it was written, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit who's among us right now, 700 years before Jesus even came, inspired these words to talk about how he would come and die on a cross for our sins. He'd be pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, and by his stripes, we can be healed. Amen. That chapter then sets the stage for a triumphant declaration in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1, when God says to his people, sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. So this is a picture. It's a prophecy of how is God, God is going to bring blessing from barrenness. God's people were struggling, dry, at this point in their history. It was a barren time. And God says, I am going to make you fruitful. And you're going to sing. And you're going to cry aloud with joy. And then listen to the next verse, verse 2. 
Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Did you hear that? Don't hold back. So I didn't come up with the title. God did. God told his people, I'm going to bless you. I want, I'm going to expand your tent, your territory in ways you can't fathom. So don't hold back. I want you to experience all that I have for you. Don't hold back. And then you keep reading and you see how they were tempted to hold back. God said in the next verse, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. Do you see it? They were tempted to hold back because they were afraid. They thought they might be ashamed. And God says, do not let fear or shame hold you back for me and all that I have for you. And then verse 5 says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth. He is called, for the Lord has called you. Do you see all the names of God here? Your maker, your creator is your husband. You're his bride. You're married to the Lord of heavenly armies, the Holy One. The one with whom no one or nothing in this world can compare. He is your redeemer. He's the one that takes the broken pieces and makes it new and whole. The God of the whole earth, over the whole earth, that's what he's called. And he, the Lord, Yahweh, has called you. Yes, don't hold back. Don't be afraid or ashamed. Give your all to him. Experience all of him and all that he has for you. There's so much in this passage that we could talk about. But here's how I'll summarize it today. What God was saying to his people then and what God is saying to us right now in this gathering. Two things. One, don't hold back from becoming the bride you are made to be. All this language here in Isaiah of a bride and a woman blessed with children is just a foretaste of what would come, become the church, the bride of Christ. Church, this is who we are. And just to make sure we're clear on this imagery, because it may feel odd for men to think, yeah, I'm a bride. Just picture what that means. To be a bride is to be wed, united together in the deepest way possible with someone who loves you and treasures you and is committed to providing everything you need for you. This is how the Bible describes God toward those who trust in him. Sign me up to be a bride of God. Of course, for all who've trusted in Jesus to save us from our sins, we're in eternal covenant relationship with God. Yes. 
God is committed to us. God is committed to our good, to loving us and providing for us and caring for us. So let's be the bride. We're made to be. This is one of the primary reasons I wrote this book. Because over recent years in our country, we've not shown the beauty of what it means to be the bride of Christ, the church. There's been so much division and disillusionment and damage in the church over secondary and tertiary issues, particularly worldly politics. And we are not the bride of a political party or a politician. We're the bride of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Which means we unite around him alone. And we love and we care for each other as his family. We don't cancel each other. We care for each other. Even when some of our convictions differ. And along these lines, throughout the history of our country, we have divided and are still dividing today into different churches over the color of our skin. This should not be so. It is way past time for us to turn the tide on that history and do the hard work of showing the multi-ethnic beauty of the bride of Christ. And as we do, it's time to stop debating justice and start doing it. Showing mercy. Walking humbly with God in a world full of injustice. It's time to stop wielding God's word like it's a weapon against our enemies in a culture war. When this word is water for our friends in a spiritual desert. It's time to stop living ultimately to make our nation great and start living ultimately to make Jesus' name great among all the nations. In the end, it's time to stop prostituting Jesus for the sake of comfort, power, politics, and prosperity in our country and start exalting Jesus above everything in this world. It's time to be known as the church, as a people who above all are passionately in love with Jesus and filled with compassion for each other and a lost world around us. Let's be the bride we are created to be. And I, I should say, I just want to reemphasize something I mentioned earlier, how this book is the overflow of what God has done among you, among us over recent years. I praise God for how you have not held back as a church and how you have spoken that encouragement into my life in so many different ways, sometimes verbally, sometimes sending an email, sometimes just with the way you're living Even when it's been hard, you've held fast and you've worked to cultivate unity in Christ when it hasn't been easy. You've made sacrifices to foster the multi-ethnic beauty of this church family. You're doing justice. You're praying and giving and living for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. This book is the overflow of God's grace in you amidst some hard years. And I'm not under any presumption that it's going to get easier. But let's not hold back from becoming the bride we are made to be. And then, so Isaiah, so good. You keep reading through Isaiah 54. Don't hold back into Isaiah 55. And you see this invitation 
not from me, let's be clear, but from God to you, Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money, without price. How can you buy it if you don't have money? Well, it's free. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me. Eat what is good. Delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Yes, don't hold back. Come to anybody who's thirsty. Come and drink from the waters. Anybody who's hungry, come and eat. Get all the wine, all the milk you want and need. It's free. Delight yourselves in rich food, which all begs the question, well, what's the water and the food, the wine and the milk? Where's the rich food? Verse 3, incline your ear and come to me. To me. God is the water. God is the wine. God is the milk. God is the rich food. God is the one we need. So come to me, God says. Anybody who's thirsty, to anybody today who feels dry in any way, spiritually dry, emotionally dry, mentally physically famished. Maybe your hopes feel dried up. Maybe your dreams faded. Do anybody who has emptiness or unfulfillment, anybody who longs for more, come to the one who can truly and eternally satisfy your soul. Anybody hungry for more than what this world offers? You've tasted that job in this city, this relationship with that person, this house with this spouse, this car with this new look. You've eaten at the table of this world, yet you're still hungry. Why? Because you were made for more than this world. Come to the God over the whole earth. Delight in his food, drink in his wine. How? Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. There it is. Second word for today. Don't hold back from seeking the God you are made to seek. Seek the Lord. That's not passive. That's active. That's run, look, go, pursue, seek the Lord. Right where you're sitting today, don't passively sit by and watch others. Rise up and seek him. Call upon him. Cry out to him while he may be found, while he is near. This is the time. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not next month. Not next year. Today, right now, is the time to seek the Lord. Is it any coincidence that our Bible reading as a church today 
It'd be in Luke 12 telling us, be ready at any moment, he's coming back. How would we seek him in the next few minutes if we knew an hour from now he's coming back? What kind of confession would we do? How would we get things right? What needs to happen in our lives to seek him today? God is personally inviting you and me in this moment while he's found and near to come to him humbly, honestly, with all your sin that he sees, with all your struggles that he knows. Be honest. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Who today needs to return to the Lord? Some of you have grown distant from God. And God in his grace has brought you to this moment to say, come back to me. Who today needs to confess unrighteous thoughts? I do. Who today needs to confess wicked ways? Wicked words and motives and desires? I do. Let's confess our sin that, verse 7, he may have compassion on us. Our God, he will abundantly pardon us Good news for sinners all across this room. There is compassion in God. He will pardon our sins. Today is amnesty day in the church. Today, you can be forgiven of everything you've done. Every day is amnesty day in the church, to be clear. But today, the time is now to confess your sin before God and receive his compassionate mercy and pardon in your life. This is what Isaiah 53, again, is all about. Jesus came to die for our sins. If you have never put your faith in Jesus, let today be the day when you ask God through faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross to forgive you of all your sins and to bring you into relationship with him. And for all who are in relationship with him, why are you continuing to hide and hold on to sin? It's hindering you from feasting on God. Why are you continuing to feast at the table of this world when you've been offered free and full wine and drink and the richest of foods? Don't hold back from confessing sin before God today and submitting your life to him and his ways. Verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, God says, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's seek God today and say, I want your way to be my way. Your way in my life, not my way. I want your thoughts about my life, not my thoughts about my life. Start living up here according to God's ways, not down here according to your ways and the ways of this world. And then verses 10 and 11, 
Say, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Don't you want to see this? Don't you want to see the rain of heaven fall in our midst? Don't you want to see the snow of heaven blanket our lives, our families, our church? Don't you want to see success from God's word in your life? Don't you want to see this in your children? Don't you want to see this in your parents and your siblings and your friends? Don't we want to see the success from God's word all over our city? Don't we want Metro Washington, D.C. to be blanketed with the fruit that comes from God bringing people from death to life through his word? Don't we want to see that around the world, among the nations? If we want that, then seek God. Call on him for all these things. So, it's what we're going to do. God is here with us, near to us, near to you, right where you're sitting right now. Believe that. You and I right now, together, by the love and the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins, we have an open window right now into heaven. We have an invitation from God to experience the supernatural fullness of his Holy Spirit. So let's seek him. Every single person in this gathering, wherever you are right now, desperately needs to seek him, to call out to him. And every single person is about to be either a participant or an observer. And God himself is inviting you to participate. God is saying to you, not just the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, right where you're sitting, God is saying to you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God is saying to you right now, come. Come, don't hold back, don't be afraid, do not be ashamed. Come, drink, and eat, and delight, and enjoy. And I'm just going to put up here on the screen some of the ways you might seek, come to God during this time that we're about to enter into. And then I'm going to turn it over to location pastors at each location to lead, and I'll lead here. But I want to mention all these things just so you really feel freedom during this time to seek God according to the leadership of his spirit in different ways, to seek God for salvation. Some of you need today to call out for God to save you from your sin. Some of you don't have a relationship with God and today is the day to get things right with him. Many others need to seek God through confession of sin. Let's examine our hearts and our minds. Let's not miss this opportunity to repent of any and every 
sin in us. Let's come before God honestly, with confession of sin, trusting his compassion for us. Let's seek God in submission to his ways. Let's say to God, I want to follow your ways, not my ways. Help me to discern your way and to walk in it. Let's seek God for help for ourselves and others. So how, how do you need God to help you right now? Seek him for specific help. Do you need God to heal you? Do you need God's guidance? Do you need God's strength? God's comfort, God's peace, God's wisdom. How do you need God to help you? Let's call out to God for specific help. And if you think you don't need help, then I exhort you to be quick to confess your pride before God. Some of you don't like the idea of being a bride of God because you don't like the idea of being led by God and provided for by someone else. You're convinced you can do it on your own when the reality is you can't breathe on your own. Even if you hate God, the very breath you have at this moment comes from the very one you hate. You can do nothing without God. So confess your foolish and deluded sense of self-sufficiency before God today. Humble yourself before him. Realize that the, the brokenness is the path that leads to blessedness. That weakness is actually the way that leads to strength. That confessing your need before God is the path to power and provision from God. Seek God for help in your life or others' lives. How do people around you in your life, your sphere of influence, how do they need God's help? Maybe God's calling you to intercede specifically for them. Maybe even to pray with them if they're in this room for them or beyond even our sphere of influence in this city. How's God calling us to intercede for the city, for the nations? We could keep going on and on. Seek God for help for ourselves and others. Or maybe you just need to seek God in praise and thanksgiving, just to spend time praising God for who he is during these moments and thanking God for specific things he has done and is doing in your life and beyond your life, around the world. And here's the deal. You might do any or all of these things alone or with someone else or with a small group. So this is just wide open for you in the next few minutes to pray on your own or to get together with somebody else around you to pray, small group around you, to pray with you or maybe for you. If you want somebody to pray for you, ask them to. And not just pray. Maybe there's a need for you to confess sin to someone else and ask them to pray for you. So you can do any, all of this sitting, standing, kneeling, lying, prostrate, lifting, hands. Basically, feel the freedom to use any of these biblical postures of worship during this time. And that may lead some of you, at least in your mind, to start feeling uncomfortable. This is 
biblical postures for worship, for seeking God. Don't be afraid or ashamed to seek God the way the Bible describes seeking God. You can do that at your seat, at the front, these locations, somewhere else in the room. If you need a little space to step out in order to kneel or lie down face first before God, then do that. Maybe to come to the front of the room and just kneel there. We invite you to do that. And you can pray silently or aloud. Even if you're alone, feel free to speak aloud, shout aloud for that matter. Just to pray as the Spirit leads and you can pray or sing. So we're going to have music, different points. So feel free to join in singing when that's appropriate or just to keep praying while others are singing. I, I list all this out mainly just to say, you have freedom to follow the leadership of God's spirit in response to his invitation right now to seek him. We are made for this. Let's be the bride we're made to be. God, our husband. Let's seek the God we are made to seek. So we bow your heads with me. I'll cross this room and other locations. I want to pray and then, and then different locations, leaders there, just take it. God, we praise you for the invitation to seek you. Who are we? We deserve to be separated from you forever. We should be in hell right now. And here we are with the windows of heaven open to us to seek you. So we say together, we want to step fully into this invitation. So Spirit of God, lead and guide and direct our hearts, our minds, our prayers, our songs. We pray that you would help us not to hold back from seeking you all that you have for us, specifically even in these moments. Lead us, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May it be so. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'm your host, Stacy Martin. For additional articles, podcasts, events, and more, visit Radical.net or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 